to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. The inflatable boy lived with his inflatable parents and two inflatable siblings. Once he was fully inflated, he followed the family tradition of attending the most prestigious inflatable school in town. But despite being told numerous times about the famous golden no-knives rule, in a fit of anger he produced one from his bag and proceeded to flail it around the inflatable house before making numerous cuts at the inflatable school. And after the knife was confiscated, he was hauled into the inflatable principal's office and told in no uncertain terms, Inflatable Tom, you've let your family down, you've let your school down, and worst of all, you've let yourself down. (laughs) Good to have a laugh, eh? (laughs) Hey, many of us here, many of us here today uh, know that sinking feeling of having let others down. And I'm sure I've, I've let some of you down in this place in our time here. And there may be some here that have, you know, been on the receiving end of disappointments in life and disappointments in leaders. And maybe you are even wondering, who can I trust? And as we learn to, to, to build on and maintain a strong foundation of faith in Christ, as we've been doing over these last few weeks, one of the things we will each have to face is how to deal with hurt and disappointment in this life. Even if we have the joy of the Lord and Christ in us. So in this series that we're calling Back to, the, Back to Basics, So far, we've covered salvation, pretty important, sin, it matters, the war within, and how to live in a fallen world. So today's message is called Handling Disappointment. Sounds a bit negative, doesn't it? But we're getting there. During the week, during the past week, I was just meditating on the scripture for today, and I just felt that the Lord spoke to me regarding the key verse, Romans 10, 11, and it just leapt out off the page for me. This word, disappointment. And my version reads, my accurate version says, um, for the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. And oh man, I was just, yeah, I was there. I was there. Immediately my mind began thinking about this word disappointment. And, um, and, you know, I just, haven't we as Christians got so much to be thankful for? You know, shouldn't we be robust enough not to have any disappointments or challenges in life? And then I realized, you know, some who have been let down constantly down by people will struggle to trust in God. As their father, many um, have struggles with God as their father. 
I also thought of the many wonderful ministries that have ceased to exist because of hurts and disappointments, and how many new Christians have been taken out because of offence, judgment, criticism, or disappointment. There's, uh, there's plenty of great advice out there, especially on Google on this topic. I checked. <laughs> But none of it involved discovering first the one who will never disappoint us. That wasn't on Google. Jesus is the antidote for disappointment. I want to say that up front. I first discovered this in my teens, going through some, some identity stuff. And I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of Romans. I used to read Romans a lot. I came across this verse. And man, it just hit me then too. Trusting, believing in God, we will never be disappointed. And so here I am, 50 years on, thousands of trials later, and hand on heart I can say, the Lord has never disappointed me. Jesus has never disappointed me. And we sang all my life, You've been faithful. We sang that today. And I can say with certainty, faithful he has been. This quote actually in Romans comes from Isaiah 28 verse 16. Isaiah was on to it, eh? What a styly writer old Isaiah was. He knew there was a time ahead coming when Jesus would be the antidote for disappointment. You know, people are strange and difficult at times <laughs> complex perhaps <laughs> we know that we all know that they will let us down they will let us down and disappoint us some more strange than others <laughs> but but Jesus is solid rock Jesus he's constant isn't he Jesus is rock he's dependable strong He's forever faithful and true. And truth is truth. And one lie, one sin would make him untrue. But he is the fulfillment of the law of Moses. Christ is the end of the law. The law hasn't come to an end, but the law ends for the believer in that our obedience to the law is no longer the basis for our relationship with God. We don't have to work to get Jesus, as was prayed earlier. It's just scandalously simple. Paul writes, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's through faith we get Jesus, and we will not be disappointed. So let's turn to Romans 10 and just read where this all comes from. We're just going to read verses 4 to 11 at this point. Here we go. Romans 10 verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Don't say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. 
that's to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss, that's to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near. It is in you. Uh, sorry, the word is near in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Wow, how can it be as simple as confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart? In order to discover the one who will never disappoint. And I struggled a bit with verse 6 and 7, but it simply means you don't have to scale Everest or dive the deepest ocean to discover Christ. In fact, if it was that requirement, some would. <laughs> There's those kind of people, eh? <laughs> but instead of having to go to great lengths, hear me now, to achieve uh, righteousness by the law, we can immediately receive righteousness by faith. I'm going to say that again. We don't have to go to great lengths to achieve righteousness by the law. We can immediately receive righteousness by faith. Paul contrasts this free gift of righteousness by faith with Israel's struggle to achieve it through the law. You see, Paul almost compliments uh, Israel in verses 1 to 3. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is their salvation. This is Paul speaking about Israel. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not sub subject themselves to the righteousness of God. So he see, says that they've got a zeal. Good but not the knowledge of God. So instead of receiving Christ's righteousness, they sought to establish their own. You know, that's called self-righteousness. It's not cool. Are we guilty of that same mistake? Our modern world has every self-help idea under the sun. Amen? We have even adopted Eastern religion as a way to cope to relax and to become a better human and rather than receive what seems just ridiculously simple, righteousness by faith. We run around in circles in politically correct ways in an attempt to solve sin. That said, hear me now, there are many helpful things society does offer that we should embrace in order to get along and to move forward personally, e.g. counselling. We need God's wisdom to know when, how, and what to implement in this life. Anyone got an amen for that? Amen. <laughs> we need wisdom. So what are some of the keys to handling disappointments? And so we've got three. It's a three-point sermon, I know. Okay, number one, learn to rest in the law of grace. 
Learn to rest in the law of grace. Paul goes to great lengths to explain this, as we've read today. But there are still many legalistic Christians trying to appease God through the law. If we could earn our salvation, Jesus had no need to die. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, In repentance and rest you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. See what I mean about old Isaiah? He's on to it. In repentance and rest you'll be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. We don't need to sacrifice anything to do great works or perform spiritual gymnastics to be saved. We can rest in his love and just simply know that he's God and that we're not. In quietness and trust, that to me suggests relationships over performance. It's not a performance. It's a relationship. He wants children, not slaves. We need to learn to receive rather than achieve. We need rest in, we need, when we rest in God's grace, life's disappointments just pale in comparison. You know, as we learned that, that rest in God, it might not mean resting physically, but when we're resting in God, life's disappointments pale in comparison. In other words, we can move forward. We can get over it. We can get beyond that disappointment. Number two, don't be too quick to sort out others' faults. Those who have disappointed us. Many of our disappointments come from others' words, their actions, or their shortcomings. And we've all got them. And most likely in our close relationships, um, there are things we have done to annoy other people, ourselves. I know it's, a, it's, it's, it's hard to hear, but you have annoyed people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to read Galatians 6, 1 and 2 to get some, cl some clues on how to do it. All right? This, 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 these two verses give the correct approach to bridging the gap with those we struggle with or perhaps even have disappointed us. Let's read Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted bear one another's burdens and therefore thereby fulfill the law of Christ isn't that great advice the law of Christ is founded on grace forgiveness and love the old covenant law was founded on a fear of punishment. Number three, when the system fails you, 
when plans change or life just isn't fair, we need to still speak life. Verse 8, Romans 10 verse 8, the, the word is near in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith. Keep speaking faith into the situation. Even if it sucks, even if it's not fair, it's not good, it hasn't really helped our relationships, whatever, we still keep speaking faith into it. Our words reflect what's in our heart. There's a couple of verses that I, I've committed to memory where they are, not perhaps quoting for word for word, but anyway, I know where they are because I heard this at a youth camp and this stuck with me. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good. And the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give them an accounting for in that day of judgment. Man, don't we need Jesus? Don't we need forgiveness because of all our dumb words? So that's in Matthew 12, verse 35 to 37. Faith-filled words change the atmosphere, and they carry life. They just change things when you, when you speak faith. Disappointments and, and shattered dreams can steal that life we once had, and the power of negative words can easily turn into a victim mentality. But positive statements of hope and life soon turn a situation around. Initially, our words combined with a renewed heart usher in salvation. This is the message of Paul. By the confession of our mouth, believing in our heart, we are saved. But after that, our words become our worlds. We speak life and we receive life. We speak a future into someone and they have hope for that future. See, words are so powerful. Use them wisely. As we land this, let's do a quick check on our foundation of faith. When troubles or disappointments come, and they will, is it firmly built on the law of Christ? And can we rest in our salvation? Or do we blame God for what essentially is our failure to build faith, depth, and hope? You know, he's, he's relying on us to, to run with it, to build faith. Faith builds faith. Have faith in God. Build depth through carrying on when it's hard. Build hope by speaking life. Are we quick to get disappointed in others, lashing out with our words, or are we quick to forgive their shortcomings? Finally, are we a speaker of truth when disappointments come? Going into this week, we need to choose which foundation we're building on, the law of Christ or our own righteousness. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Jesus is the antidote for the disappointment. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you for this time in your word, which is life-giving. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that has been here right through. We've experienced your presence today. We've shared testimonies. We've, we've, we've shared prayers for the, um, Thanksgiving and others. Lord, we just pray now, and, and we've gathered around this table. We've celebrated our life together as a family, a whanau. So, Lord, I just pray right now that we go determined to speak life, to overcome difficulties by holding on to the law of Christ, not our own righteousness, by having wisdom, by speaking um, hope and, and uh, reconciliation to those who have disappointed us. Help us to do that, Lord, we pray through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.